Welcome to the UC Berkeley Data Science Education Podcast. We're happy you're listening in today. In this space, you'll hear from a variety of distinguished data science educators and professionals. The individuals we'll speak with are diverse in experience and perspective, but share the common goal of shaping the future of data science education. Our idea is to have some informal conversations with the goal of creating community and let people hear from practitioners in this growing new field. My name is Eric Van Dusen from Data Science Undergraduate Studies in the Division of Computing, Data Science, and Society at UC Berkeley, and I'll be leading our conversation today. And my name is Harry Lee, also from Data Science Undergraduate Studies. I'm working as an intern with the division's external pedagogy team, and I'll be helping out today too. Hi, everyone. Today we have Debbie Euster with us. Um, And can you just introduce yourself and tell us about the institution that you work at? Sure. Hi, my name is Debbie Euster. Thanks for having me on the program. I'm working at Ramapo College of New Jersey. It's a public New Jersey liberal arts college. And this is our first year at Ramapo offering a data science major and master's in science degree as well. So it's an exciting time to be there. Awesome. Can you give us a brief introduction of how you got into data science education and what you're currently working on in this area? Uh, Sure. So my background is in pure mathematics. And uh, almost 10 years ago, I started hearing a lot about data science and wondering what all the fuss was about. So I actually um, decided just to learn a little bit more about it. I audited a graduate course just for fun and found that it was very uh, an exciting field that interested me. And I started getting more and more involved with it and just sort of as a, an interest. And I decided to take the plunge and go full-time into data science. So I am now a former math professor and currently a data science professor, a data science and mathematics. I have a joint appointment. Nice. Uh, yeah. What classes are you currently working on? So these days, I'm thinking a lot about ethics for data science, which is a master's level course that I'm teaching right now. And um, that's been uh, just a tremendous learning experience for me. As someone coming from a STEM background, I did not have any training in philosophy or ethics or thinking about these types of issues. So I'm really learning a lot and also focusing on curriculum development and ethics. Nice. Excellent. Uh, So a general question, what's a challenge that you've faced when working to grow data science education? I think something that's challenging is that data science education is in its relative infancy. Uh, If you think about how long we've been teaching chemistry, philosophy, mathematics, uh, even computer science has been around as a field of study for many decades and The notion of having data science departments and majors and courses is is really a new thing. So because of that, um, it is not as developed or mature as some of these other fields. And it's evolving so rapidly, which is a really exciting reason to be in data science, but also makes it challenging. It, It could be that just from the beginning of the semester to the middle, perhaps a package has been updated or a new method has come around. So it's something you don't see in more mature fields, that rapid pace of evolution, and not at the intro level and the undergraduate level. Of course, mathematics research is constantly 
taking place at the cutting edge, but that doesn't trickle down so easily to uh, first semester calculus. Whereas in data science, the evolution is just taking place at a breakneck pace. So it's a really exciting and dynamic field, but I would say that does make the education side a bit more challenging. Fantastic. And you mentioned um, that data science is in its infancy stage. So I wanted to ask, um, what do you see as the future for data science education? How do you think that it's going to continue to evolve over time? Hmm. I think that data science education will start trickling down uh, to the high school level, the way that when I was in high school about 25 years ago, it was very standard to offer AP calculus, but there were very few computer science courses at the high school level. Today, you have computer science being taught in high school, and that allows for more advanced computer science education in college or different tracks. I would love to see an AP data science course taught in high school. And you see already that with Common Core, students in K through 12 are just learning so much more statistics than they used to. And uh, it's an exciting trend that I would love to see continue. I would also love to see data science integrated across multiple disciplines the way that Berkeley has done with their um, modules, where they might have a unit in a history course where they come in and, and do uh, a kind of digital humanities type of project. Um, I, I don't think that data science should be limited only to the students studying STEM. And so I'm excited to see it proliferate so that uh, hopefully in, in 10 years, every college student will have a bit of data science exposure. Great. Yeah, that is very exciting. And I also want to ask, this is uh, a, a more general question as well, but how do you think that we as data scientists and as educators um, should be creating or evolving a community around data science education? Hmm. I would love to see a data science professional organization focused around data science education. So we have the American Statistical Association, and it's huge. They have practitioners, they have statisticians working in the health scientists, but they have some kind of subset or track that's really focused on statistics education. They run their own conferences focused on statistics education. And I would love to see something like that for data science. Uh, there are a number of people working on data science education, and it would be great to have them be brought together for conferences and be in kind of a smaller group. Uh, and I think it needs either its own organization or some a very defined sort of sub-organization within a larger one. Um, I think it's fantastic what Berkeley does with the annual data science education conferences. Um, but I, I do think that it should not be the purview of, of just one institution. I think it needs to be an association at the national level because we all own data science education. So we should bring together everybody. Wow. Fantastic. Yes. Um a more specific question. Last year, you gave a talk about at ADSA about comparing the curricula from different institutions. Could you uh, give us a little summary of that? Sure. Uh, I've now taught two very different types of introduction to data science courses. And what, what was most different about them was that one was in Python and one was in R. But they actually had a lot in common, a real focus on lowering barriers and opening access, using open source materials, focusing with 
a large unit on exploratory data analysis, a uh, unit on sort of ris- rigorous statistical procedures, uh, bits of ethics woven throughout. And so although on the face of it, they were very different, they had a lot in common. And it was just great to sort of be a part of, of both camps, not that they're in opposition, but to get exposure to two really cutting edge curricula for teaching intradata science was a real treat. You're also saying that now you're uh, exploring more teaching data ethics, but that's a master's level class? Yeah, so this semester I'm teaching a master's level course in ethics for data science. And there's a field, if, if data science education is in its infancy, I would say that data science ethics education is, is practically embryonic. Um, it's a really interesting field. You know, the seminal research papers in data science ethics, many of them were written only in the last five or 10 years. So of course, ethics and philosophy have been around for as long as humans have been around for, but a sort of translation into a technical focus on things like algorithmic fairness or differential privacy. This is really cutting edge stuff. And uh, nobody has written an undergraduate textbook on this material yet, or even a graduate textbook. So my students are reading things like research papers or possibly popular articles in places like Nature, Science, Quantum Magazine. But there's a real opportunity here for someone to develop curricular materials in ethics for data science, which we see um, everybody who's offering data science or tech education in general is realizing what a need we have to train students in ethics. And there's just such an opportunity for new curricula to come out. Uh, I know that Berkeley runs a course more from the humanities side. And the course that I'm teaching is a bit more on the technical side. I'm I've partnered up with Julia Stojanovich at NYU. She's created a, cur- a curriculum called Responsible Data Science, where students learn to actually uh, implement some of the techniques that are relevant, such as debiasing a data set or ensuring that querying a database doesn't identify somebody improperly. So it's it's um, there are a lot of opportunities to learn these kinds of skills. Awesome. Thank you. Um, I'll also have to ask you, uh, for people out there, you had to adapt some of your materials to use the auto grader. Um, can you tell us about some of your travails there? <laughs> yeah. So the people at Berkeley have created this great program called Otter Grader. It's a play on auto grader. And it has allowed them to scale up their data eight course to serve, you know, many hundreds of students, as you know, over a thousand. And I love the idea of auto grading. I'm a slow grader. I spend so much time. And it's not just for my own time's sake. I think it's extremely valuable for the students to be able to get instant feedback on the work that they're doing and to see if they're on the right track. Um, the Otter Grader was in its infancy when I used it. It was in version, uh, I want to say 0.1 point something. And so I I was something of a beta tester for the program. And um, it it was great. You know, the lead developer, Chris Piles, I mean, he's just phenomenal. You know, he's an undergraduate, or at least he was at the time. And every time I contacted him with a bug report or needing help, 
he fixed it right away. I, I can't believe he was also spending time on his courses while he was working on this. But the, the team was so helpful. And having my students be able to get that regular instant feedback was just tremendously valuable. Uh, but as things mature, it'll get sort of more stable and easier for people to use. But, you know, I was running a core staff of one. I was the instructor, the the lab leader, the grader, the tutor, and everything else, and the server administrator. So that was kind of a lot to take on, and it was a good learning experience, but it was not without its struggles. Um, I didn't previously have experience administering a Jupyter Hub and updating all the, the packages needed and just running the, the tech infrastructure. So, Yeah, I would love to get your comment on that, like, you know... Um infrastructure as a, as a pain point for somebody like who's teaching alone, uh, professor as, as infrastructure. Uh, there are probably many people that are going to find themselves in your position having to make tough choices about whether they're going to take the infrastructure piece on. Um, uh, sort of like, you know, where do you see this playing out in the next couple of years? I, I think that for widespread adoption, what's needed is to offload the hosting. I think that most solo professors um, will have a hard time taking that on and don't really need to take that on. Really, they just need accounts on a server. And so I think that that needs to be centralized. Um, now, whether then the university would pay into that or not, I'm not sure exactly how it would be structured, but I don't think it's something that every individual professor should have to build for themselves. At the same time, there is opportunity for that to be made smoother. And so that's one thing I, I sort of kept careful notes as I was doing my installation and tried to update things like documentation guides. I, I sort of see my role. Um, I'm not a content creator most of the time, but I'm good at viewing things with a critical eye. And I've benefited from so many people's open source projects and open educational resources. So I, I feel that's one way I can really contribute back to the community is by going in and issuing a, a pull request on GitHub, updating the documents, or even just giving my feedback saying, this part was really difficult for me. Because I, I always just assume if something was difficult or confusing for me, probably also for others. So I, I try to help out in that way and hopefully not sound like I'm complaining uh, to those whose ma materials I'm using. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, and then I just want to touch on you. You apparently just changed institutions, and maybe your new role is to sort of build up data science at the new institution. Um, you uh, can you comment on like sort of um, you know what you're doing it on an institution level to get data science going there? Sure. So first of all, I'll mention that I'm at a new institution, but. I've only actually set foot on campus basically to fill out my paperwork because I'm remote this year. So uh, I'm not, unfortunately, bumping into to professors from around campus and things like that. But I'll say it's been such a, a warm reception. People at the college are really excited to have a data science program. And sometimes we'll get emails um, from people, you know, somebody in the music department, and they want to get involved or we have a very large nursing program. So it's very high on our list um, for next year and beyond to start reaching out to these departments around campus and seeing how we can bring some data science to what they're doing, to their domains, and design modules that can be given in their 
classes. Um, not just the usual suspects like business or bioinformatics, but also nursing, music, and many other departments, really modeled after what you guys have done at Berkeley with the modules. We really are excited to start doing that in the coming years. That is awesome. What a great vision. I really hope that's going to work out for you. And uh, we would love to um, you know, be in conversation about that. It's something that many institutions are trying to figure out. And um, you know, I, my one piece of advice is you find whoever's like-minded wherever you can find them. <laughs> yeah, it, it does seem like there are people who are really excited to do this and get involved with us. So I guess those are the people we should go to first. Great. All right, Debbie, that's our questions. Um, do you have any comments that you want to make to wrap up? I guess I'll wrap up just by saying that I, I really admire what Berkeley has done in the data science education space. So I want to commend you guys. And I love that the movement really in data science education is for more open source materials, open educational resources, and forming a community around them. So I hope that this momentum continues, that we can all get together, whether in person or virtually, to work on curriculum, discuss educational best, best practices, and just have a, a community of people to bounce ideas off of. Um, it, things are really moving in the right direction, and I'm excited to see how they continue developing. Thanks so much. That's definitely our vision. And, you know, why we want to do this is to sort of, you know, create informal conversations, to create community, to keep, uh, you know, to keep keep creating a way that we can have conversations about where this might 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 take us over the next couple of years. Great. Well, keep up the good work, and I'm excited to see what develops next. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you're interested in learning more about data science education resources, please subscribe to our Substack to get notified when we release any future podcasts. And join our community Slack channel through the link provided in this episode's description. Thank you.